before we get you started, um, can you smell these anymore? These don't because we've used them so much. They don't have the new Actually, that smells bad. Amanda, like Amanda said they smell like a pitch. <laughs> Cut it here, Dave. It's the Chip Lunch Podcast. Uh, welcome, everyone, back to talking to people about their Christian walk, which I'm really excited about today because I... Well, my name's Joel. I always forget to introduce myself. <laughs> my name is Joel. I'm here with Brayden, who's Hello. usually on the podcast. But we are joined by Amy. Hey. Hello. How are you? Really good. Excellent. Yeah. Why are you really good? Uh, I think because it's such a nice day and... It is a nice day. I, I got out for a walk earlier in the sunshine and that just... Makes me feel really good. What's your current situation? Are you, are you, are you kind of staying at home for most of the, your working uh, situation? Uh, yeah, yeah, for the most part. In fact, f- for the entirety of my working situation, <laughs> as you call it, it's, uh, it's all at home. Yeah. Um, so Jibish and I try to get out for a walk each day together. Jibish is your husband? Jibish is my husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go for a walk up to Sutherland and back mm. most days. And uh, on a day like today... It's really lovely. Where's your go-to in Sutherland? Are you grabbing coffee or? Jibish gets coffee. Mm. Um, we go to the Car Hole Cafe ah, in Sutherland. Oh, that's, that's quite popular. It's, it's yeah. It's increasing it in popularity. Find. We only discovered it in lockdown, mm. but apparently mm. it's been there for a year or so. Mm. Um, but it is definitely worth a visit. Check it out if you haven't been there. You don't drink coffee though? You said Jibish gets well, coffee. No, I don't drink coffee because I had too many nights where I was awake until 5 a.m. <laughs> How late were you eating, drinking this coffee? Like, we're talking midday. Wow. And I I'd know. be up until 5 a.m. And that <laughs> happened once, it happened twice, it happened three times. And I was like, I should just stop drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm it. the problem here. <laughs> 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 it's not you, coffee, it's me. <laughs> I, um, I don't drink coffee either. But I'm, I, like, I just don't like the taste. So, mm. you know, I like to say I like to start, you know, I can't stand those people like, my day doesn't start until I have a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, man. That's a lot of people, Joel. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, You're I know. really well, marginalising yourself. Yeah, I hate most yeah. of adults. That's the, that's the way to do it. Um, that's the way to stand out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm like, I can start my day without drugs. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> do we want to start with... A question that's just as divisive, Joel? Yes, please, yeah. let's... Why don't you ask oh, the question sure. um, Amy, how do you take your chips? You uh, hot chips is possibly my favourite food in the world. Wow. wow. Uh, connoisseur. A purist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a purist. I think so. Well, I really am a purist, actually, because yeah. I just like them. Plain salt, no sauce. Oh. That's the way to do it. Oh, I mean, I, I like a bit of sauce, but yeah, I'm with you. Like, I'm not against oh. sauce, but I probably won't choose a sauce yeah. to have it, you know... Mm. Yeah. But um, I do like them to be thick cut hot chips. Okay. Yep. Shoestring fries, not, not, not really my thing. Have you mm. ever had though, like that, I think it's called Pom's, Pom Fritz or something. It's like the, um, in France or in Belgium, they have like just chips in a, you know, like a cone and with some mayonnaise and it's pretty delicious. That sound, wait, what do you call them? Pom frites? Pom, pom frites, I think. I think that's how you say it. Is that, that how you say wrong. hot chips in French or something? I don't know. Let's do a, a Google Translate while we, <laughs> yeah. we, we keep talking. Um, <laughs> I am actually Mayonnaise with translate. chips. Yeah, that's a Dutch oh, it's thing. Uh, with it? The, yeah, it might be. And if you have you know, the salt and the mayonnaise, just like because it's got the fat. Yeah, and the, yeah, it's yeah I can see that working. It's delicious. Mm. I think if I was going to go mayonnaise, though, why not just go aioli? 
Yeah. yeah. Like or maybe spice. it's something similar. Yeah, something yeah. spicy. Yeah. Oh, like a spicy aioli. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> While I search pom frites. <laughs> <laughs> How are you spelling that? Just out of curiosity. Oh, no. P-O-M-M-E-S-F-R-I-T-E-S. Oh, wow. You really... I feel like you're just saying letters there. <laughs> I, I was actually. <laughs> Can you um, spell that for us, Dave? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know how to spell it. I'm, I'm a bit of a spelling. Uh, I don't like it when people don't spell things correctly. Oh, you'll love me then. <laughs> Pom's, Pom's Fritz f- translates to French fries. There you wow. go. Wow. Mm. In what French? Yes, French. So it's detected French? as detected as French. Ah, very interesting. So, yeah, there you go. Wouldn't mm. the French just call them fries then? No, because that's not French. That's English fries. Ah, okay. Fritz is French or Fritz. Ah. I know. Is it Fritz or it might be like phrase? No, I don't know. Really, people get in touch listening. <laughs> I'm you know sure they're loving it. this Comment below. Yeah, how do you think right. you pronounce it? Anyway, let's word. get back to Amy. Um, second question we always ask is how did you become a Christian? I, uh, sorry to interrupt just before that question. I think we have one thing in common. We were both born in Canberra. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, I'm guessing it's, that's where the story starts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Every time you tell me that, it's like I hear it for the first time. I'm like, no way, you were born in Canberra. Oh, and yeah. then I remember we've actually had capital. this conversation like twice before. It's a planned <laughs> city, guys. Plato City. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People uh, are really bad drivers because they have really good roads. <laughs> <laughs> I loved growing up in Canberra. So mm. many of my friends, when I eventually moved to Kayama, they were like, oh, you grew up in Canberra, like what a hole. <laughs> and I was like, guys, Kayama is literally known for its blowhole. <laughs> and here you are telling me that growing up in Canberra, there's nothing to do. Our nation's <laughs> leaders meet in my birthplace. Like <laughs> That's right. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> the federal parliament. I've helped shape this country. Yeah. We have Questacon, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a blowhole. Oh, because everyone seems to go on a school excursion at some yeah. point down to Canberra and they just yeah. do Questacon, War Memorial, oh, Parliament yeah. House, yeah. Old Parliament House. And they're like, so is that all you do on weekends? It's like <laughs> hang out at Parliament House or something. I'm like, just because there's no beach doesn't mean there's nothing else to do. <laughs> it's the only thing about Canberra that's like not great. There's no beach. Yeah. Mm, true. But and it anyway. gets very hot. Very cold. Yeah, yeah. Because it's the temperature extremes, mm. yeah, for sure. That's something I don't miss about Canberra. Mm. Uh, there's like two weeks in autumn and two weeks in spring where there's nice weather. And then it's like you're always just too hot or too cold. <laughs> yeah, or it's like windy or, yeah, there's just like some, it just frustrates me about the weather in Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, my story does start in Canberra, <laughs> having been born there. Um I've been a Christian for as long as I can remember. So, okay. so you know, Christian parents, uh, went to a Christian primary school. Mm. Um, yeah, I've always known God and I've always believed in God. But I think there was, there was a moment, it was either at the end of year six or year seven when I was on a Christian summer youth camp uh, where, where they talked about how you've got to own your faith for yourself. And, you know, just because your parents aren't Christians doesn't make you a Christian. So, you know, do you actually believe this for yourself? I remember thinking afterwards, yeah, I do believe this for myself. Like, it is my own faith and it has been for a long time. But I suppose if there if there needs to be this sort of definitive moment in time where I choose to be a Christian, I was like, okay, I choose now. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, there was no one else around. It was just, like, me outside. And I was just like, oh, that's kind of cool, but okay, God heard that and yeah. I heard that. And, like, we're good. Cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's sort it. Now. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I guess that, that was sort of the moment, but I'd already mm. decided before then. It's just, yeah, it was already, it was already a faith that I had, but um, yeah, that was sort of early high school days, I think when that happened. Mm. And was there any other turning points? Like that's, I feel like that's something that we have possibly come across when we talk to other people is that um, it seems like a, a regular pattern with people that grew up in a Christian family. It's like, oh, it was always my faith, but then there's like a point I had to own it myself. Whereas possibly Brayden and I growing up in non-Christian families was like those points came at the same time, mm, yep. um, which is kind of interesting. And it doesn't mean that one's better than the other, but it's just an interesting pattern that seems to come out. But then I've thought, we we always talk about, especially people in Christian households, that there were, I mean, non-Christian households too, but like there's those turning points. Do you have got any more of those in your life that you can really remember? Yeah, well, I think because I'd grown up in a Christian household and also went to a Christian primary school, mm. uh, it was only really when I hit high school that it was, that was sort of the first time in my life where I was in the minority as a Christian. Yeah. So was that a government school? Yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to Lynham High School in Canberra. Lynham? Yeah. Where'd you go, Joel? <laughs> I left Canberra when I was three and a half oh, or four. Yeah. You've probably told me that <laughs> yeah. twice before. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Lynham High School in Canberra, that was, um, that was, that was a good school to go to. Um, mm. But yeah, it was all of a sudden I had gone from this very small Christian independent mm. school mm. Um, to a fairly large public high school and uh, there were relatively few Christians in that space and that was a quite an, a new experience for me. And so I think that was sort of the point in time where it's it's not like I decided to be a Christian, like I said, but as I watched what other people did and the way that they lived um, and how their beliefs sort of played out in life, uh, I think that had the effect of kind of confirming for me what I already believed to be yeah. true because I thought okay I, I see how these other people are living and I sort of see the road that they're going down and I see how that um that, that that's not as good as what I've got here as as a Christian knowing yeah. that God made me and God loves me and God has a purpose for me um so I think yeah it's sort of going throughout high school and as you get older, you know how your, your, your friends' paths start to diverge a bit more yeah, and more from yeah. yours as you mm. get more freedom and more independence. Um, yeah, I think that had the effect of making me go, okay, I can sort of compare the track I'm on with the track you're on and like see how, see where the differences are and what's led to those differences. And that it was sort of that led me to evaluate where I was at, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, high school was where that started to happen for me. Was that, uh, you said that was a little bit of a surprise, you coming into a school where there weren't many people that were Christians. Was that hard for you didn't, to deal with that? Uh, yeah, it was definitely a shock to the system. Yeah. Um, it's in, what, in what way, by the way? Like, what shocked you? <laughs> the first time I heard the F word <laughs> said <laughs> in a school corridor, That's and so I was funny. just like... <laughs> yeah. Is that allowed yeah, so to happen? Like, in comparison <laughs> to that, so. like the only two times I got detention in primary school was for swearing. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, keep going. Well, so. um, I mean, I went to a Christian primary school, obviously, and I that that obviously means there's a degree of 
being sheltered from certain things. Mm. Um, I don't think that was a negative thing for me at all, Um, but I'm very glad as well that I went to a public high school and kind of was introduced to other worldviews, I suppose, um, at that point in my life. Um, It was... It was a, I think it was a shock to the system, not just because so many people weren't Christians in that space and that meant that uh, people were a little bit less forgiving, a little bit less gracious, a little bit less kind to those who were um, perhaps sort of outsiders socially, um, but also just the sheer number of people at school mm. was like oh my goodness, I was a deer in headlights as this little year seven girl with a massive backpack (laughs) and, you know, all these other people around me. But in Canberra, high school is actually a seven to ten. And then you, in the state system at least, you go to a different school then for years 11 and 12. So um, I think there are about a thousand people at my school, but that was just year seven to ten. That's big. Um, big. Yeah, yeah, so it was was pretty sizable. So, you know, 200 people in my grade compared to kindy to year six, there was like... 25 to 30 people um so yeah i guess it was easy to feel a little bit lost in the system of this big high school Um, and it took me a little bit of time to figure out where i stood in all of that did you find it hard did you feel like you stood out in that or do you feel like you just blended in there was that there was 200 people so it didn't really (laughs) like well it's interesting because uh, my older brother was in year 10 when I was in year seven. So he's at the top end of the school as I come in as like this little year seven. And uh, my brother is great and he's very extroverted, really (laughs) hilarious guy. Like he can just walk into a room and like crack a joke and everyone's his friend, you know, like he's really cool. I want to meet this Um, guy. (laughs) Yeah, he lives in Estonia, by the way. So I don't know when we'll get to see him again, but (laughs) when he's next over here, (laughs) I can introduce you. Um, Yeah, so my brother was like a really quite loud and well-known character and like a really popular guy. A lot of people really, really liked him. Um, And so when I rocked up in year seven, I immediately became known as his little sister. Uh, at school so like his name's Daniel his nickname is DT and I became DT's little sister Um, and so all the older people at school knew me as DT's little sister and all the staff knew me as Daniel's little sister (laughs) Um, and I think that was like I love my brother and I I, I love being associated with him you know but it was um, I felt a huge sense of pressure to try and live up to oh, yeah. this like reputation that had gone before me that you, like know, you had to be similar to him yeah mm-hmm. yeah like he was such a cool guy that everyone loved i was like oh man i better be just well, as better awesome be as be him. <laughs> <laughs> and um you know i'm i'm quite different to my brother yeah, i would say yeah. you have a slightly different personality Do, yeah i think i think he's still as funny he's still funny um, oh, that was such an original joke. Great joke. Oh, come on. It doesn't mean you can't be funny. If you make yeah, jokes yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Um, but I think, I think when I rocked up and very quickly felt like I couldn't just emulate the way that my brother was, um, I actually felt like I was a bit of a disappointment to people because of that. And so that made me retreat into this shell and uh, I became sort of the, the shy girl and uh, that was a 
I hated that because I didn't feel like that was really me either. But yeah. at least that was something I could do. I could like I could wear that mask well. I knew I knew how to be shy um, and be quiet. Whereas yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was a bit like yeah, it was a little bit hard. I think to I don't know if you've ever had this experience where like you you feel like you're sort of stuck in your first impression that you yeah, make on someone. Absolutely. So when like pretty quickly in high school when I kind of took on this persona as the shy girl mm. i was in like crap now this I'm is like, where i'm this stuck is, yeah. this is what i have to be now and if yeah. i suddenly am not that people are going to be like wait what you're, that's not you like yeah like, what not, are you yeah. doing yeah. so yeah, uh it took me it took me a while to feel like i could actually like change that way that people would perceive me and yeah. feel comfortable doing that so so i think for a while i just felt a bit stuck wearing this sort of mask that i didn't yeah. feel like was really me but not not feeling comfortable and confident that I could just break out of that and it would be not weird for everyone. So, um, yeah, I guess that was, that was part of the, the, the shock of high school going from being so confident in myself all through primary school to now having to like play these weird mind games with myself about who am I going to be? But Um, also with everyone else too, right? yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And that was all just like how I perceived they were perceiving me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, it's like you you couldn't live. You got to high school and they expect you to be one thing, and when you realised you couldn't do it, it, just like went the complete opposite way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talked about breaking out though. Did you break out of that supposed like stereotype? That yeah, you were talking about? yeah. But it was a gradual thing. It wasn't like one yeah. day I was like, I'm sick of this. <laughs> just gonna be me again. Yeah, I was like, like the movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then it only took an hour and 20 minutes <laughs> and I got there. <laughs> I transformed. Probably shorter than that. The yeah. f- about an hour, 20 yeah. minutes for the end. You, went pr- you won prom, co- prom queen or whatever. <laughs> and found my Prince Charming. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, th- I think probably it was maybe year nine mm. that I felt like I was a bit more like myself. Yeah. So it was a it was a gradual process figuring stuff out through year seven and eight, and you know mixed in with all of that is all the, um, you know figuring out who your friends are and yeah, like absolutely. where you stand in the social order, all of that. And I want to let's get into stuff. this. They, yeah, let's get into this. Come on, so tell us more about that. Like, what was your situation in regards to that? Because uh, I always bring I always like to talk to people about this stuff mainly because I probably struggle with it so much in my like in my time. But yeah. I think on the whole, I was really fortunate to have like all the way through school, a pretty good cohort around me. That's cool. Um, There's, you know, when you go to a big school, there's always going to be those, those, those characters that are maybe a little bit less, um, less nice to be around. Mm -hmm. But on the whole, I was really blessed to have a a pretty decent cohort the whole way through school, which I'm really thankful for. but yeah, at the start of year seven, gosh, the games the girls can play with each <laughs> other to try and like secure yeah. alpha positions or something. Like. It's weird, isn't it's, it? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there was a bit of like, I don't know, like f- the friendship groups were a bit dynamic Yeah. at first and then <coughs> um, sort of settled until probably about year nine is when I felt a bit more comfortable and settled which for a lot of girls that's actually when things blow up friendship wise at school Um, but that was actually when things settled down so um i think in year seven i remember 
I remember actually, like, say here's one example, right, mm. of that girl friendship dynamics playing out. I remember uh, we'd my, my group would have this one spot that we'd always sit at recess and lunch and it was a little bit out of the way. It was like on a nice grassy area underneath this big tree. Well, that so sounds we'd nice. always just yeah. go and sit by this tree. Yeah, it was yeah. lovely. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. No wonder um, you guys went there all the time. But, <laughs> but then uh, one of my friends decided that she wanted to sit elsewhere. It's not and Quinn, was it? Because this, this is what Quinn did in her <laughs> episode that she talk, talked about. Sorry. Well, the rest of us were like, no, this tree is a really nice spot. Like, yeah, you don't want to give up your spot. Let's stay here. Like, this, mm. is, a, this is really cool. We've mm. got a good thing going. Let's keep it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think for her, it was less about exactly which spot it was and more about just she wanted to be the one making the call. So when she said that she wanted to go sit somewhere else, she just went and sat somewhere else all by herself. To see if people would follow. To see if people would follow. Wow. And a couple a couple of us were like, guys, just leave her. She'll come back. She'll come crawling back to us. Whatever. Let's just stay with that tree. Let's just have a nice time together. But inevitably, at least one person would go and sit with her. And so, you know, and she was like she was a cool person. She was good at making conversation, like she was kind of confident. So, you know, naturally we, we all enjoyed being around her. Mm. So yeah, there'd always be like at least one person who'd go and sit with her. And it was like this mind game that continued for ages of like who was going to sit at the tree <laughs> and <laughs> who was going to go sit with this other girl. Wow. And uh, yeah, this other girl liked to try and um, maintain her status as like Queen Bee, the one who would get to call the shots and... She'd, yeah, do these little power games to try and make it clear to everyone that, that she would be the one to decide things like that. So it sounds so silly and it is, yeah. but, but mm, when you're that little yeah, year seven girl, it's sort wait, of like, what the yeah. heck is this? Yeah, but that's, I feel like that still plays out. When you're there five out. days a week and that's your, that's your world. I just think that yeah. still plays out in the adult world. Oh. I think that still happens, not just at school. Mm. But um, I was going to ask in just in regards to that, like, how did that make you feel? Like you were saying, like you just didn't know what to do or is it like, do I need to play these games or? Well, I think, I think I was a little bit cranky at her for, for playing these games with us because we could all see it happening. Got the tree. You know, yeah. (laughs) What's wrong with the tree? (laughs) It's like beautiful. (laughs) I'm beautiful. (laughs) Uh, But I think that maybe it also just made me wonder like why why don't i have that same sort of magnetic like power personality yeah like yeah. Pe- people love my brother so much and like people are willing to follow this girl so much like yeah. what am i just like the leftovers like is anyone gonna oh, like why can't i seem to have that pull on people like yeah. they just naturally want to hang out with me because yeah. of me so yeah that was probably going on in, in my mind at the same time well it's like really honest so I like appreciate that. Uh, what did you? How did that play out for you? Like, uh, I mean, uh, something we talked about with Ethan was that he was always able to, even if he was a non-Christian environment, he was always able to go back home, and his Christian parents really helped him out and deal with that situation. Mm. Is that something that you felt was the case, or was it like something you had to work out on your own? Or no, family was really helpful at that time. So uh, I remember talking about it heaps with mum and dad. Um, and yeah, debriefing with them mm. and my brother and sister at the end of the day, like, yeah, I think 
I'm so glad that I could talk to my family about it and know that they had my back and home was a place where I could just let my hair down and be me even when I felt like I couldn't be me at school yeah um it's interesting as I've thought about this recently like youth group was actually another place that was a bit hard for me in that regard because um like all the youth leaders were lovely like it was it was a great culture to be a part of but um my older brother was also a youth group and you know people loved him there as well and yeah yeah, dt was amazing so uh, when i sort of rocked up to youth group at the end of year six again i think it's just this pressure i put on my own own shoulders to to be just as cool as my brother and like i wanted people to love me just like they love my brother and um when that couldn't work out again i sort of retreated Mm. and again got stuck sort of wearing mm. this mask well, that, that make you like a <laughs> bit you like know. a bit sad about not being oh, able to break I was out of so, it I, I was really disappointed in myself oh okay. i'd go home at the end of the night feeling so frustrated it could have been myself. so much funnier like, <laughs> no just disappointed that i couldn't just be me yeah you know mm. i was like here i am playing this character and it's not even one you like and it's not playing. it's not even one i like like i yeah. i'm not I'm not this shy, timid, quiet girl, and yet here I am. I've spent the past three hours being just that. Mm. Like, why can't I just snap out of this? Like, why can't mm. just why can't I just be me? So yeah. it was that's that's the strongest emotion I can remember feeling was actually yeah, right. just disappointment in myself that I couldn't just like be myself. Mm-hmm. You know. It, um, oh, should talk into the microphone. Um, you you were talking about how you went to a, a Christian primary school, but then state high school. I don't know if I've ever known anyone else to do that. Um, was that a like a decision by your parents? To, like, did that on purpose? Well, my dad actually taught at the primary school okay. that all us kids went to, <coughs> and it was a it was an amazing primary school. Um, it was it was only a primary school when it started, and it mm. was by the time I finished year six, it was just at the point where it had started to offer high school as well. Oh, okay. Um, Does that mean it was reasonably new? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So it was going to be, like it was a small primary school, but it was going to be a really small high school. And I think it's it's since grown. Yeah. Um, But at at that point in time, I think, yeah, mum and dad thought that it would be good for us kids to, to go to a go to a different school and I think that was for a number of reasons not just to sort of have experience with the the wider world but also just the the opportunities that come with going to a bigger school and you know Lynham High School had a really great um, academic program and a sporting program and a music program and um, me my brother and sister were quite involved in those things so it that sort of gave us heaps of opportunities that if we'd stayed at a really small new high school just wouldn't have been there so so that's kind of the reason for the switch i think brought up those three categories what were the like were you into all those three like academic sporting and music no my sister was a triple threat (laughs) three (laughs) but uh, my brother and i were both just in the the academic program and the band program which when i tell people that i went on band camps usually I'm looking, I'm looking at both of you now to see how you references to american that. pie yeah, yeah. <laughs> people are like wow that sounds like the lamest thing ever <laughs> like be honest was that really lame no not at oh. all Lynham high had the biggest band program and we went on the coolest camps so really? like what was your instrument 
I played the flute. Oh, you said that. I'm sorry. You said that. So, um, mainly because, I mean, that was the easiest instrument to carry to and from school. Whereas yeah, my yeah. sister, pretty portable, my isn't sister it? chose a saxophone. I did trombone. Jokes on her. Massive, <laughs> yeah. even worse. massive mistake. It'd be even worse about tuba because we were talking to Alana oh, yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah, Alana's like, oh yeah, I just got ended up doing the tuba because I had a had a bash on it, and then was like, oh, she's <laughs> she can play the tuba. <laughs> <laughs> like a tuba. Go would Alana, be, I didn't yeah. know that about her. Yeah, that would be terrible, but that would just <laughs> be like, like around, yeah. yeah. Flute like is so easy. Probably a drum kit's probably you have to carry more, but yeah, flute was really easy to set up and pack away and yeah, clean it's like as a box well. Like that like almost used to play clarinet, so it was similar. Yeah. Like it was yeah. like it's a reasonably sized box you can pack it all up yeah. and yeah. it's like not it's even a reed choice. that you have to yeah. worry about. Really, so like your flute set. was like flute was a good choice in that regard. Mm-hmm. Bad choice in that now I wish I could play an instrument that would be kind of useful to a church band. I d- mm. Last last I heard, Brayden, we weren't looking for a flute. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> Bradley Bussing, Bradley Bussing pulled out a sweet flute solo last time we had a big band night. Oh, that's, Did he? that's all I'm saying. At an, at an ecclesia, the youth. <laughs> did he whip that out at um, the jazz night as well? I think he did, but yeah, I just remember we <laughs> we we put in a flute solo in one of the songs, and <laughs> Gemma could not stop laughing. <laughs> 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 Why? What's funny, Gemma? Well, yeah, what's funny <laughs> about, <laughs> the about the flute? Do you ever, do you ever, do you ever get the flute out every so often and have a have a have a, have a play? Yeah, have a tickle, uh, have a, have no, a I don't actually own a flute, so uh, we like hired a flute from the school. Yeah. So, like oh, I said, yeah. it was a huge program. There was like a concert band for every year and wow. two for year seven, and like, the I think I think by the time I finished, so by there were two year seven bands, one for beginners and one for people who already knew how to play their instrument, and yeah. then you join in year eight. I think my year like eight that. band had like 80 to 100 students wow. in it. Wow. And that was just year eight, you know. Yeah. Like there's one for every That's year, huge. two for year seven. So it was like, it was big. And mm. yeah, it was a lot of fun to be a part of. Yeah. So when people were like, was band camp really lame? I'm like, <laughs> no, no. let me tell you about <laughs> it. Not <laughs> I'm high. Band camp. Yeah. What, a, what about, I was just going to ask the academic side. Ooh. What's the oh, what's the so academic side? They had it was called the Leap program, which stood for learning no yeah, learning enrichment academic program. Um, and that was it was basically just like the what would you call it? Maybe like the gifted and talented class, or like the top stream class yeah. in each mm-hmm. year group. So you'd like sit the test when you're in year six and then What's your what's your favourite subject though? What did you favorite subject? Oh, what did you like? What was your top scoring? Oh gosh, I don't look. I used to fail a lot of tests in oh. year seven and eight. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So this was part of the struggle, right? Yeah. In year seven, I'd gone from being like kind of top of the class in primary school to now I'm in the top class of my grade in high school. But that yeah. meant I was surrounded by like the smartest kids, and they were all killing it, and I was. Struggling so hard with the transition yeah. to year seven. So, maths and science, I used to just fail tests in year seven and eight. Year nine was where I kind of figured stuff out <laughs> a little bit more. Um, English was a huge struggle <laughs> <laughs> until about year year eight as well. Um, we didn't have hizzy in Canberra. We had they called it SOS, Studies of Society and the Environment. Okay. Um, <laughs> That I was don't even know what is he. by by process <laughs> of elimination. Oh. <laughs> do people not just call it that? I don't. Teachers do. That was a while ago. Oh, okay. That's because I have a. My wife is a teacher, so oh, I know what okay. he is. At first, I wouldn't have known what that was. Yeah. People bother to say HSIE. 
I don't even know what that is. What is it? History Society or uh, something. I've never really questioned it. Something (laughs) in the environment? Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I think SOS is a lot easier. Uh, (laughs) Let me me get on Google Translate. (laughs) (laughs) What does CC stand for? It only stands for French fries. (laughs) (laughs) Tasty. I wish I did it at school. Um, Um, Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm interested... So, like, you said it was a gradual process going from, like, you, you went, okay, like, I'm not happy with where I am. Like, I'm, this isn't me, this shy person. And you said it was a gradual process getting, like, trying to break out of that. I'm just wondering, like, is there anything that you remember, like, trying to do as you were trying to do that? Do you remember, like, any choices or things that you went, okay, this is gonna this is going to help it? Or was it just such a gradual process that you don't really remember? I'm like picturing a montage in my head, <laughs> like oh, <laughs> little Amy trying to <laughs> try all these things. No, I'm fascinated yeah. by this. It's um, great. I can't really remember specific strategies that yeah. I tried to implement. I just remember, um, like conversations that were had with me along the way that helped. So, um, I remember on one youth camp that I went on where, you know how you like string up your bags with your names on it and it's like people will put warm fuzzies in your bag. Yeah, yeah, You know, that thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, we're on a youth camp and I had my bag up there on the wall and one of the leaders wrote a note and put that in my bag and I can't remember exactly what it said now, but he was – he was just – I think it said something like, don't be afraid to come out of your shell because we love the real you or mm. something mm. like that. Yeah. And um, this was a leader who who knew my brother really well and was a lot of fun to hang out with. Like he was a really cool leader, um, but he would often just take the time to like come and hang out with me at youth mm. group and like, you know – if I was sitting down doing some craft or whatever, like he'd come down and sit and just like have a bit of a chat or something. And I just really felt like he, maybe he could see that I was still in my shell. He just wanted to be able to help coax me out of it a bit. So I remember him doing that. Um, And I remember another note that was written to me on another youth camp actually. And this one I've I've kept and I do know it word for word because it was like such a standout for me. Um, This was a youth leader who wrote to me a note said, Amy, God does not love us because we are valuable. We are valuable because God loves us. Mm. And that was that just really struck a chord with me mm, because yeah. I think I went, um, you know, I've been I've been trying to I've been assuming that my value only comes from how well I can be as cool as my brother basically in these spaces and uh if i if i fail at that then like i don't really have anything to offer so i guess i'll just like take a step back um and that note wasn't just like an overnight change for me but um i i remembered that and i kept thinking you know my my value doesn't come from how much like daniel i can be or you know how much people think I'm like him or not, my value is is constant because yeah. God's love for me is constant. It's unfailing. It's unchanging. And if that's what gives me value, then my value doesn't change. So yeah. that was a really helpful um, 
shift in mindset. And like I said, it wasn't immediate like, oh, snap out of it. Now I'm set free. Yeah. But it was like that that was something I could keep coming back to and being reminded of. And that was really helpful yeah. for, for making that change over time. Yeah, and it's a big endorsement for how encouraging how much of an impact people older than you taking notice and caring for you can be. Oh, like yeah. How much that cha- that can change your life. Yeah. Especially like, yeah, I've just definitely found like, yeah, the people reaching down to me and the leaders in my life really made such a huge difference mm. in my confidence, like you said, and um, my experience and how I related to other people. It's, yeah, especially when you have older people that are willing – that want to make that first step because they, va- again, value mm. you and they don't find your value in, well, what am I going to, is she going to make me laugh heaps or am I going to, um, they find their value in you being a child of God and mm. also just wanting to hang out with you because you're you. I think that's just such an encouraging thing, mm. especially when you think about youth group and um, all the different things that go along with that. It's really cool. Yeah. It's also like the thing that I picked up when you're saying is that like just also had jesus like helps us discover our true identity like Mm. you were searching for that and through those like leaders and stuff they help you to see that like no 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 we like we want to love you for the person that god's made you not the mask that you put on like to fit in within certain like some certain um construct that you've come up with or um like to fit a certain um, mold that people want you to stay in in high school and stuff like that and I, I think I, I kind of identify a little bit with you that I wish that like we always talk about like I wish we'd done more at high school like yeah. we'd been like stand out more as a Christian or like because we could have actually loved people better like and then we'd also be more confident in our identity as God's children mm. and I, I think that like I took a lot from your honesty around that Amy is just like talking about that in in a way that struggled with that and then you're showing like well actually i I couldn't get out of it because thanks to jesus like Mm. that's that's what's the cool thing about it um my next question was just like we kind of we kind of paused around year nine what what happened was it year nine is that oh no no, so the tree was year seven is that right the tree was year seven did you graduate away from the tree (laughs) we did eventually only uh, because of that girl or was it because of like or did you like did your um friendship group kind of change because she split it apart oh I don't think she split it apart. Um, to be honest, I can't remember why we moved away from the tree eventually. <laughs> if it was yeah. just like too far to walk in the end, we're was like, it whatever. Or was it a bit closer, to, closer to boys? Uh, oh, oh wow. no, no. No, not yet? No, that wasn't the case at all. I, My best friend all the way through primary school was a boy and then I hit year seven and I was like, I don't know how to talk to any oh, of these boys. Wow. <laughs> so I didn't have a male friend in high school for like... <laughs> All of your seven. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Oh, I don't think yeah, many many people do. I don't seven. think many people want to hang out with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like my best friend, like the whole way through primary school was a boy. Like, yeah, like I never thought twice about it. It was just like easy as breathing air. And then you're seven. I was like, <laughs> I don't know how to talk to any of them I now. Don't know you <laughs> <So> <laughs> oh, that's funny. He and yeah. I stayed friends though, but like oh, he yeah. he stayed on at the primary school and like went to the brand new high school there. So yeah. like. I still see him. We were still friends, but at my new school, nah, guys weren't guys weren't friends. So anyway, yeah. year nine was kind of when friendships felt like they settled down a lot. And I think I think by that stage, our group was like way less 
rigidly defined. We'd sort of merged with a number of other groups and we were kind of one big, like, fluid group that you'd sort of have your closer friends within it and yeah. but like you were sort of part of this wider group which i think was actually a really healthy yeah. thing yeah um because it just meant that you know every recess and lunch you would sort of be interacting with different people rather than the same like four friends or whatever yeah like it just meant there was a bit of a a wider group to what's the word like if there was any tension within the group it was just easily like diluted yeah I suppose. Dispersed yeah more people because you know whatever you i think because like if you had an issue with someone in the group you didn't have to make a big stance of like i'm not sitting with the group today or something <laughs> yeah. like that i was like cool i'm still a part of the group but i'm just going to sit over here with this yeah cluster of people instead yeah. and it wasn't a big drama or mm. anything there's 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 always the people who kind of naturally seem to thrive on the drama and yeah. will create more drama than is necessary but yeah. uh in a in a bigger group i guess it didn't it didn't obligate everyone to get yes. caught up in it yeah so that was a really healthy thing i think that is cool because you yeah. said you had a good i find this word so funny cohort but um uh, it, it's interesting how big a difference that makes the, the even the year that you have in high school because it's speaking to amanda for example in the, in the previous couple of episodes they, she had a really good year. They had a really good year and everyone got along really well. <laughs> Mine, in contrast, <laughs> nope. Mm. Not the case. It's the same with Quinn's. Quinn's is very, like, very separated. And even towards the end of year 12, I still remember it's like, yeah, we were still like, I think the, like the most together we were was like, there was supposed to be a muck up day at school, like in year 12, and everyone just went to the beach instead. And that's where we all hung out at the same okay. time. Like that was the... I feel like I've, I mean I could be reading the situation wrong, but it's like the most united. So I, re- I yeah, I wish I had that. I remember <laughs> having cool. like a really interesting thing where probably around year eleven and year twelve, it was kind of this group that were like we're the popular group and we're all going to sit over here and we're all going to be cool. And kind of the other hundred people in the grade were like, cool, like <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I just remember them getting like kind of ostracized. Like their whole plan was like we're going to be cool and be by ourselves. And we're like, yep. Like no one cares. <laughs> like we've got a bigger that. friendship group over here. We'll yeah. just have fun and that with the people like we like. Happened organically too. Like yeah, it would have been like two like two people on like on school holidays, like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take over the school. <laughs> <So it's> like, <laughs> you do like, that, you do that, guys. We're and gonna they've have got fun like this weird friends. kind of following, but then everyone's like, What are we doing this for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I remember the same thing happening as Amy kind of described as you kind of described, like kind of like Mel like a couple of groups kind of joining together and then all of a sudden it was like you had your, your closer friends but it was less rigid and you were just chatting and moving mm-hmm. around and it was less of like a defined boundaries yeah. the longer school went. I'm interested like there was sounds like there was a pretty big shift when you went into year seven. Was there any kind of shift when it when you had to move again to go to year 11 or 12 or was that just... Because mm. you go to a different school, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I think what people describe here at the end of year 12 where not everyone has this experience but 
often at the end of year 12 people are a bit more chill and like everyone's a bit more friendly with their general year group that kind of happened for us in year 10 yeah um maybe not quite to the same extent because it was two years earlier forces you to do it sorry to interrupt you because like in year 10 you are the leaders of the school you kind of have all the privileges that come with being the top year group and you know it's your last year together and so maybe that just uh forces people to have to have to come to terms with that yeah. a bit quicker. Um, so by the end of year 10, it sort of felt a bit more like one big happy family-ish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, year 11 and 12, obviously you're with a – well, it depends, which, it depends which school you go to because you might have a whole heap of people from your high school who go yeah. with you to – they call it college, year 11 and 12. Um, or you might go to a college where like – None of your high school friends have gone to. Mm. So I went to my – I was out of area for Lynham High and then I went to my local college, oh, okay. Lake Genendera College, uh, which meant I think there was there was only a handful of people from Lynham High who went to Lake G, as they called it. Lake G. Because um, who G. can be bothered to say Ginendera? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just Lake G. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, that has the potential to really shake things up for better yeah. or for worse. Um, for me, I actually really loved it. I had a really yeah. good experience on the whole in year 11 and 12. And uh, one of the things I really loved about years 11 and 12 was I became best friends with one of the girls who had been to high school with me but and we were friendly but we yeah. didn't really cross paths heaps. Yeah, that's interesting. But we became best friends year 11 and 12 yeah. and we just had an absolute ball together. Wow. And the, th- the so cool, cool thing about college in Canberra, well – it can go either way. Some people some people work well with this system. Some people don't. But I really enjoyed it. Um, college in Canberra is, is quite – you're given a lot of freedom. It's sort of more like pre-uni yeah. rather oh, okay. than an extension yeah. of high school. So mm. if you've got free periods, you can come and go as you please. Oh, like cool. um, there's, there's no uniform that you have to wear, oh. um, which is actually the same in high school, but there was – you could buy school uniform tops if you wanted to in high school, but you didn't have to wear them. So that was a bit different up here. Why bother having it? But anyway. <laughs> well, actually, a lot of people did wear the school tops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, it was just easier. And it meant that you were in colour code. So if you wanted to go out on the oval, like you had to be in colour code. Yeah. So originally, like when I grew up, I'm like, why do we have uniforms? But I think it's kind of cool that we have uniforms in school because there's almost like a leveller. It's like everyone deserves education. I, I think that's really cool. But yeah. I agree why. with you on that. Mm. My, my slight, like, except, I, I think, it. I don't like how some schools, I don't like the uniforms that they choose because no, I think they actually restrict people from doing things, e.g. when, Gymnastics. when girls have to wear like t- uh, leggings and skirts. Um, it's a whole lot harder to, like, go out and run around and yeah, play soccer true. at lunchtime. Um, what would you prefer to wear? Shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, right. Yeah. That makes sense. And, you know, some girls, if given the choice, would rather have the skirt. But I just like that. I prefer if there'd be a choice. Yeah. Rather than not. But anyway. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry to distract you with the no, uniform chat. Um, what was I talking about? College. Yeah. Um, you had a lot of freedom. Yeah, a lot of freedom. And so I think it – some people, I suppose, struggle because they'd actually – do better with a bit more accountability but for the people who 
don't struggle. It actually, I think, helps you to grow up a bit yeah. faster because you're suddenly a lot more responsible for yourself and your time and, you know, there aren't teachers sort of breathing down your neck about getting assignments done. It's like you've got to show up to class if you want to pass and yeah. like you've got to do this assignment if you want to pass but the teachers aren't going to come find you across the road at Macca's during your free period yeah. like if you haven't done something so I think like G students pretty much keep Macca's in business <laughs> at least that particular McDonald's in which Canberra because which one was it Lake G Macca's oh, okay they they put they had to put a pedestrian crossing Outside the school because it, it literally is right across the road, the road from yeah. Macca's because so many students were just like dashing across the road and eventually they were like, look, let's just let's just put let's a cut crossing <laughs> in <laughs> here because Macca's probably paid for the crossing. <laughs> yeah, They're like, oh, yeah. we're making so much You're money. Right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we used to. My friends and I didn't used to go to Macca's. We used to go across to the mall, which was maybe like a ten minute walk away. This was back when Maya used to have a cafe in it. Do you remember uh, that? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Fancy. And they used to do really good wedges. So in our free, we used to have a free period that would back onto lunch, and if that was the case, that's where we would wedge be. Wedge period. Wedge period. Have, <laughs> have wedges at Maya. Yeah. It was a really good time. Yeah. So right. so yeah, like there is a potential for for Year Eleven to be a, a quite um, another big shock to the system, I suppose. Yeah. But but you, I. It sounds like you were looking for that, like the step pretty up. Good, pretty that's good experience. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, many Christians at college. I wouldn't say many. Mm. Your best friend wasn't a Christian? No. Uh, she she would have called herself a Christian. Mm. Yeah. She was not so regular with church attendance, but yeah, she would have called herself a Christian. So, um, yeah, that was something I could talk about with her and mm. sort of shared similar beliefs in that in that way. So that mm. was probably a helpful thing. Are you still friends with her now? I wish. Yeah. I wish. I think uh, we stayed really good friends for a number of years, even after I moved away. Um, but then eventually sort of fell out of touch. No, I'm so. sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, one just, day. <laughs> it's just nice that you found someone that you really got on really well with. Yeah. And like, yeah, that, oh, that's yeah. cool. Because um, I think I, like, for example, I had that in like year nine and year 10 and then it petered out like year 11 and year 12 because we, went in different different paths but yeah sometimes it was just like you can almost finish these other sen- sentences sometimes yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty, pretty cool um, romance yeah <laughs> it wasn't yeah kind of <laughs> 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 um, what so uh when did you move from canberra was that after college yeah so i finished year 12 and then uh i wanted to go to wollongong uni yeah up the dust yeah yeah and um so did my brother at that time and so did his girlfriend at that time. So the three of us ended up moving up to Kayama together, whereas my parents and my sister stayed in Canberra. And, yeah, we commuted from Kayama to Wollongong for uni, yeah. which was great. What Loved did you it. do at uni? I did exercise science and rehabilitation. Cool. What was the reason you chose that? I, I loved studying the human body. So hmm. in, uh, in year 11 and 12, I did a subject called human movement. I, I don't know what the equivalent is up here. That's, I think it's the same. Oh, is it? In, in, I think they had it at our school as human oh, movement. Oh, okay yeah. then. Right. Um, I loved it. I found it fascinating. I, I, yeah, I, I used to get really good marks in it because I was just so into yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I didn't know exactly, like exercise science and rehabilitation was a degree I could do where I wasn't forced to pick like physio or like 
any particular health profession straight away. It would lead yeah. into I'd come out the end of it as an exercise physiologist, mm. but it would sort of also give me enough um, sort of foundational understanding that I could pick and choose different paths to go down if I wanted to. So that really appealed to me and Wollongong had a really great course and mm. so that's that's where I ended up. That's yeah. still a decent way from Kiama to Wollongong. Like how long would that take? It was 45 minutes on the train. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Oop. But that was good. I used to use that as Bible reading time. So... Very, good, very good holy of you. Yes, oh, it's very holy. <laughs> the whole time you're, you're reading the Bible for forty-five minutes. An hour and a half each day. Let, <laughs> let me get into numbers right now. Yeah. <laughs> Finish numbers on this trip. Yeah. How did you find the uni experience um, being a Christian? Um, really good, actually, yeah. and and the reason why was actually because like when it comes to Christian stuff in particular, um, I, I'd i had a little bit of, bit of an unconventional, I suppose, church experience in Canberra. Um, we, for the past, for the last few years before I moved away, we'd actually been doing a home church set up with our neighbours. Oh, wow. Um, and which, which worked well, um, but it meant that when I moved to Kayama and I started going to Kayama Anglican Church, that was the first time that I had ever experienced like a really healthy, thriving Mm. church where there were other Christians my age, like in not large numbers, but like compared to what I had in Canberra, like a sizable group of young adults my age at church. Um, And, you know, it was the first time I'd ever been to a regular Bible study with people my age and stuff like that. So um, I was just throwing myself into church stuff and really loving getting to know people at church yeah and i think that meant that i i prioritized that rather than getting really involved in the uni christian group yeah um but my uni experience and my sort of first time healthy church um you know what i mean by that like not that my home church wasn't healthy but like a sort of proper anglican church set up yeah healthy church experience was like together mm. so that w- i just remember that being a really joyful yeah time there were heaps of good things happening and you know i was 18 i was living away from home for the first time i was really having to find my feet and getting clicked into such a good church yeah. so quickly and making a lot of friends my age really quickly was um was a huge thing because apart from my brother and his girlfriend i didn't know a soul in kayama yeah. when i first moved up but now all of a sudden as soon as I start going to church, like here's a solid church family, here's a group of friends. And and I think that gave me a really good foundation as I started a new chapter, I suppose, of life away from home. Moving out of home, was that hard? Because I, mean, I suppose you talked about college and teaching you to take responsibility, but I don't know if I would have been okay with moving away from home for like at that young age, maybe because I like didn't want to have to reestablish relationships with people and stuff like that like yeah like but you've been but you'd always most been used to it hadn't you because you've been to primary school and to a different high school and then to college upper high school college (laughs) and then you go to university so you'd kind of been used to that yeah i i had the option of staying in canberra and doing a similar course at um, the university of canberra Mm. um and that 
that was a decision I wrestled with for a little while. Yeah. Um, but I was really glad in the end to go to Wollongong because I think I was actually just ready to spread my wings a little bit. Yeah. Um, the like the UC, the University of Canberra, you see, is like about a ten minute drive from where we lived at the time, and it was just across the road from where I'd been to college, and so it was all just very familiar territory for me. And um, I think I was just ready to like see some new things and meet some new people and have some new experiences. So I think it was, it took me a while to come to the decision of which uni I'd go to. But once I did, I I don't think I really looked back. I think I was just like, all right, let's do this. Mm -hmm. Like, you know. I'm impressed. Like, because I don't think I could have done that at that age. Oh, you might, you might surprise yourself. True. I reckon when, when you just sort of thrust into it. Yeah. you kind of you kind of have to learn to yeah. fall on your feet. I reckon. Just where you are. I reckon you could. It's just that it's it's not the most comfortable thing to do because mm. it's easy to stay where you are with the people that you're with. But I think if you're kind of pushed outside your comfort zone a mm. bit, you you might surprise yourself with. with I'd, you I'd probably be alright with actually the act of doing it, but the choice I reckon I would have struggled mm. with, like to go. Oh, it's fine for me to just go and. I suppose going with your brother might have helped a bit because you like at least I know someone. But are you the middle child of that of three? Yeah, okay. Can't you tell? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. My middle child syndrome. Oh, don't it's coming to the fore. <laughs> I've got that weird. I'm a technically a twin, so but technically the middle child, so I get none of the benefits of being the <laughs> middle child and none of the benefits of being the oldest. You'll have to steal his birthright. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. oh. So, are you still pursuing exercise science? As a career now, or did you do something else after? No, I um, I had a bit of a career change. So I, I finished uni and I worked for a year as an exercise physiologist, and then I decided to go to Moore College, which is where Braden's at now, Woo. and do a Bachelor of Theology, uh, not knowing what I'd do with it at the end. But yeah. um, at that time, I was just really enjoying being involved with church and youth ministry, and I thought I want to do more of this. I'm going to go to college and pray that at some point in the next Figure three years god <laughs> will make it clear to me like what i'll do at the end mm. of it um and so yeah i kind of left a parked exercise physiology where it was at and uh so far haven't gone back to it sort of mm. it's there but uh it's kind of just laying low yeah. <laughs> for now it's just a backup <laughs> really yeah <laughs> what's well, why did you want to study it uh, study theology well, the idea first crossed my mind actually while I was studying exercise science and mm. rehab. Um, I think I was in my second year or something when I came across this youth works course that was like you study theology and you train to do like outdoor ed stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I remember thinking that is such a cool combination of things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think I was just really loving Bible study each week and the chance to dig deep into the Bible and discuss it with people and ask tough questions. Like that was just a highlight of the week for me. I loved it. And so um, I was sort of, I think at that point in time, my Bible study leaders were maybe suggesting I, I consider some study down the track. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if it certainly came up later. I can't remember if it came up then or if I just found this course off my own bat and was like, that looks so cool. Um, so I was kind of considering whether I would actually finish my union degree after three years, which is just the exercise science bit, and then do this youth works thing afterwards. Um, 
and I sort of prayed about that for a while, talked about it with a, a number of people at church and in the end decided, no, I'm going to finish my full degree, the four years, um, and we'll, we'll reconsider theology somewhere down the track in the future. And then while I was working as an exercise physiologist, I was thinking, uh, even while I was studying it, you know, I loved studying it, but in, in the back of my mind I was going, I don't know if this is going to be my career that I yeah. stick with for 50 years or whatever. Um, and certainly in, in the job I was going, yeah, look, I can't, like I'm, I'm already thinking about what's next. So um, the idea of studying theology popped back onto the radar that year and I took that year to sort of visit different colleges and again think about it, pray about it with different people and um, I think about halfway through the year I decided, yeah, I want to go to more college next year and uh, I enrolled in the Bachelor of Theology thinking, yep, I'll, I'll do the three years. And I remember when I first rocked up to Newtown, I was yeah. like, my first walk down King Street. Yeah. What a I was party. like, oh my gosh, what have I got myself into? Like I've moved away from home again and like <laughs> yeah. this place seems wild. It's like Newtown's a very different vibe to Kayama. Yeah. And I remember thinking, okay, I just have to stay for a year and then I can get my diploma. <laughs> but I stuck it out for three years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got my Bachelor of Theology. Yeah. I, I figured out how to deal with Newtown yeah. life and, yeah, did that. Hmm. That's quite interesting. Is there any chance that with you moving around you're still, like, trying to find that identity thing or you were like, now I have my identity, I can go and do all this stuff? Hmm. I don't think I was searching for identity in the same way that maybe I was in year seven yeah. when mm. I was like kind of like really within myself. Like, who am I? What am I like? How do I act? How do I relate to other people? I think it was maybe more just um, what am I going to do with my life? Like, what, what do I want to really spend my time and energy doing? Um, I didn't ever feel like exercise physiology was a waste of my time. Like I'm really grateful for those four years at uni and that year of work. Um, and who knows, maybe in the future, like I'll come back to that at some point. Um, but I, I, I always knew, even as I was studying that, I don't think this is going to be my sort of one yeah. big career. Um, so I guess studying theology was just another step in going, all right, like what, what's God got in store for me? What what could I really invest my time and energy into? Um, this seems like the right thing to do for now, and yeah. I don't know where it leads, but yeah. we'll figure that out <laughs> along the way. Yeah. And did you figure it out along the way? Yes, <laughs> but it happened pretty late in the game. It yeah. was like my final semester of college, <laughs> yeah. and I still had no idea what I was doing, mm. like what I was going to do. And, um, yeah, <laughs> that was a good – that was a good um, – growth experience of being able to trust God in that uncertainty. Because in your last semester of college, everyone starts asking the question of like, what does next year look like for you? What are you yeah. going to do? You got any job interviews coming up? Like everyone's talking about it. And I was, I remember thinking in first year, I I hope I'm not that person who's still not got a clue <laughs> when people start asking that question. Yeah. <laughs> and there I was in third year being like, I still Not sure, have guys. no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about asking. something else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, gosh, if you told me 10 years ago that I'd be a scripture teacher, I wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> I, yeah. It never appealed to me. So in Canberra, there's no such thing as scripture in school. So yeah. I never had scripture as a student. Um, I'd never taught a class before. I had no idea what it looked like even. Um, 
But in my last semester of college, when I was thinking about what I'm going to do next, and I was looking into all these different options, um, and yeah, the, the more I thought about it, the more I thought actually teaching scripture in a high school sounds like a pretty good fit for me because yeah. I've really enjoyed working with youth in the past. Like youth ministry is something I've loved, and you know, I'm someone who likes to be quite organised and structured and so having the structure of a school day where I'd know exactly which classes I was teaching and what I was teaching, like that kind of appealed to me. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, actually maybe this is like going to be a, a, a good job to pursue. So uh, here I am now a, a scripture teacher for the past three years-ish. Yeah. With a few COVID interruptions <laughs> to the job. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would be tough. Um by the way, HSIE. All the way oh back. Yeah, I forgot. All about the way that. back. Human society and its environment. That's what it stands for. So the the its gets an I. Yeah, that's all, <laughs> isn't it? So <laughs> we can't just make it HSE. No wonder we didn't get it, because I never would have thought I stood for its. <laughs> it's. <laughs> it's very odd. Um Why doesn't O? Why isn't it Hosey? <laughs> Hosey. Ozzy. Ozzy. Jose. <laughs> Are you doing Jose? Uh, Wait, is that where the O goes? What did you say it was? Humans? Uh, human, society, and there's no of. Oh. It's just human, society, oh, and there. there's an and. So it could be human Hazai. Society Hazai. And his, his. Oh, it's too many vowels in a row. Yeah, yeah that's not work. Forget it. Forget That's probably why they did it. Everyone just did what you did. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah. what if we try the I? Yeah. Oh, here's he works. <laughs> like, trust our teachers to come up with a strange algorithm. Oh, not algorithm, acronym. Sorry, acronym, <laughs> algorithm. They might come up with algorithms, but we'll leave it to them Probably. to come up with that. Your phone's going to have a funny algorithm now that you've been searching <laughs> Hizzy and French fries in French. It's true, French. but I use DuckDuckGo. <gasps> oh, so thank I don't you. Use, I don't use, uh, yeah. So it can't don't touch make algorithms Google. out of us. Mm, exactly. I'm fine with the algorithm. <laughs> see more of what I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> That's how um, so moving to more college was the reason that you obviously moved to Sydney from Kiama. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, how did you end up, first of all, meeting your husband, Jabish, and then second of all, making your way to Soul Revival Church? Well, when, when you go to college, they recommend that you uh, become what they call a student minister at a church, which is kind of like a it's like kind of a minister in training kind of thing. Um, so Braden is like student minister here at Soul Revival, yeah. Student pastor. People used to get confused when I'd say it because I think I was like the minister for students. Uh -huh. And I was like, no, I am a student learning to be a minister. Oh. So anyway, um, I... Pretty cool story, actually. I, I became the student minister at Jibish's church, which is how we met. Is that, so Caring, is that Caring Bar? That's St. Phil's in Caring Bar. Mm. So I'm quite familiar with St. Phil's because even before I became student minister there, because my grandparents have gone there for decades and my uncle goes there. Really? Um, my mum, I think, became a Christian in that church um, before she moved away. You know, so anytime we've been up visiting my grandparents who live in the Shire, yeah. uh, we'd like go to church with them. And so I'd been to church a number of times since I was a little kid at St. Phil's. Uh, and when I was in uni, in my fourth year of uni, I had a six week block of 
placement at Sutherland Hospital and for those six weeks I stayed with Nana and Pop and I went to St Phil's. So when it came time to go to college and like apply to be a student minister somewhere, I thought it would be so cool if I could go to St Phil's. I already am like a little bit familiar with the church there. I know I like it. I think that'd be really cool. But I found out just through the grapevine that they weren't looking for a student minister at that point in time. Um, Especially if it's Amy. (laughs) 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 Your name begins with A and ends in me. (laughs) You're not welcome here. Um, Because I was, I was going to be, I was looking for a student minister position that would be paid as well. And there are, you know, not as many of those positions around Sydney as unpaid positions. So I was like, oh, that's a bummer about St. Phil's, but you know, okay, I'll look elsewhere. So I started inquiring at other churches. And then I think it was either New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. um, I got this phone call from an unknown number and answered it. And it was the assistant minister of St. Phil's calling me up. I'd, I'd like, I don't know how, like, I didn't have his number in my phone. I don't know how he got my number. He just, he called me up and he was like, hey, I heard that you're looking for a student minister position uh, that's paid. Uh, We actually are looking for someone at the moment. Um, Would you be interested in coming up and having a chat? I was like, yes, I'm very interested (laughs) in doing that. I'm highly interested. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I think he must have got my number off some people at church who knew my grandparents or something like that. But, um, you know. The rest is history. I ended up being the student minister there and I just thanked God for that position because I yeah. made no inquiries. It just like God just landed that one in my lap. Yeah. Um, and it was great because it meant that on weekends I could, you know, I was staying in college accommodation during the week and then I'd come on weekends and stay with my grandparents and I was the student minister at St. Phil's. And uh, one of the things I was doing there was helping to lead at youth group on Friday nights and Jabish was kind of, running the youth group at that time under under the um, associate minister. And so I was seeing him regularly on Fridays and Sundays and yeah. we eventually became friends and then started dating and then <laughs> got married and then I took him with me <laughs> when I left <laughs> and became a You're coming with me. <laughs> yeah, so sorry, St. Phil. I, I took Javish away from you, but... Not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what was the reason that you thought you'd come to Soul Revival Church? Like all reasons or just thoughts around it? Well, we're not trying. We're not trying to advocate for church poaching. <laughs> just, just interested in what it's you. It's not what, what it looks thought. like. Yeah. Uh, so you did poach Jabish, but uh, <laughs> well, I married Jabish. Yeah, and then poached him. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the it's the long game. It's the long game. It was. It was well thought out. Yeah. It only works with yeah. one person. I've been planning this yeah, since you got to. There's only one master ball in the game. Yeah, he's like, I've been planning this since being in the tree in year seven. The plan has come uh, to fruition. <laughs> well, um, I was at college for three years and not everyone does this, but um, a lot of people will try to have a, a couple of different student minister positions over their time at college just to be exposed to different churches and how they do things. So I did two years at St. Phil's and then uh, we got married at the end of my second year there. And then uh, I was a student minister at Barney's in Broadway for my third year of college, which is um, quite close to college. So Jabish and I were, were living in college accommodation in Newtown. We were at church at Barney's for that year. And then uh, at the end of my third year, when I ended up getting this scripture teaching job in the Shire, we thought, 
cool, that's that's really great. Like we were just going to move in whatever direction my job was because yeah. Dubish works in the city so he could commute from wherever. It was really my work that would determine where we moved after I finished college. So we were stoked that we could move to the Shire because we both love it here. Um, and yeah, coming back, I guess we, we didn't just assume we would go straight back to St Phil's. We decided to sort of um, think about that, pray about the decision and... Um, I think Jabish had visited Soul Revival like a couple of times over the years and I had heard so much about Soul Revival through Dan Gale who <laughs> um, had joined my year at college in second year. Right, okay. So I'd become friends with him and he was always just raving about his church. Like anytime church discussions came up, you know, different people would have different church situations and you know there's certain issues presenting at different churches dan was just always loving whatever <laughs> was going on at well, his okay. church and um and i was I like oh stop talking about your church <laughs> mate <Yeah. laughs> i loved hearing it though because it was so refreshing because you know it sounded like things were done a little bit differently so i was keen to come and like see for myself when we had the chance um, and so, yeah, we moved back to the Shire and we came and visited Soul Revival mm. and uh, we just stuck around. Right. And cool. uh, we didn't visit any other churches after that. It was just like, cool, we're now going to go to Soul Revival mm. and it's going to be our church. And uh, it took a little while to transition properly into church on a Saturday night. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it happened and now we're here and I'm mm. very happy to be here. Yeah. And yeah. stoked to, that you're leading late night. And stuff like that. Yeah, so that's yeah, really part cool. of the part of the crew. Late night crew. Yeah, it's yeah. mm, mad. Well, it's, um, I have one more question for you, Amy. But I thought, have you got any more questions? Oh, I'm excited. This this question sounds. I exciting. think I think we're we're moving to a new form of the podcast. This is going to be the the question we ask at the end. Ooh. So we've seen like we've gone across. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We've gone across um, a lot of your life, and you have like an opportunity to obviously reflect on that now, which is what we've kind of done. What would be, like, if there was a moment in time you would like to go back to the Amy at that time what, and what would you say to her? Like, when would that be and what would you say to her? Oh, so, like, I have to give advice to my younger self. Yeah. yeah. I can't just relive the yeah. the glory days of college or yeah. something. I have to or actually tree. You gotta give be some like, advice. But I'm not going to relive the tree. Buy Zoom stocks. It's going to go <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, get a haircut in like early June 2021. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one thing I could say to you. <laughs> you're referring, if anyone doesn't know, you're referring to COVID lockdowns. Yes, yeah. yes, and the inability get to get a haircut for yep. the past four months. But yep. you know what I did? It was I reckon it's just as good as a haircut. I just changed my part from this side to this did side. You? Yeah, I did a few weeks ago and I was like... That was brilliant. I prefer <laughs> this. a brilliant decision. I'm really happy side. with it. Oh, yeah, I'm really happy with that choice anyway. Um, look, if I could give advice to my younger self, I'd probably try to think of something a bit more um, with lasting value than when to get a haircut. Anyway, I'm just stalling for time <laughs> now. Okay. Is this something to do with coming out of your shell earlier? Mm. Is that I feel that was a theme. Yeah. Can we, Ek, please put in the thinking music. Yeah, like you did Amanda's oh, yeah. episode. Thank you, music. thank yeah. you, Ek. I appreciated that. When who was it that got the thinking music last? Was Amanda? It Amanda. Amanda music. Yeah. Um, Amanda, what a trailblazer. I think. I guess if I could go back to year seven, mm. uh, 
I wouldn't want to be too just like snap out of it with myself because yeah. I, I already knew that I wanted to wanted to come out of my shell. I just yeah. sort of didn't know how, I guess. Yeah. So I think if I could go back to year seven, Amy, um, I think I'd just say, look, it doesn't need to be a dramatic transformation. Yeah. Um, take it one day at a time and just remind yourself of the truth each day that you are valuable because God loves you. And, uh, you know, invest in the people who remind you of that truth, Yeah, I guess, whether it's verbally or otherwise. Like, don't get caught up trying to impress people that, um, I guess, you you don't really need the good opinion of. It reminds me of that quote that someone dropped in your little thing. What was that again? Yeah, yeah. God does not love us because we are valuable. We are valuable because God loves Mm. us. Mm. Um, I think it's simple, right? But it's easy to forget. Um, And so keep reminding yourself of that truth and be kind to yourself when when you feel like you you don't get to live it out. Like yeah. just know that God still loves you and his love for you doesn't change depending on how well you've managed to be you that day. So even if you're disappointed in yourself, God still loves you and you can try again tomorrow and like your your value hasn't changed either way. So I think that's what I would go back and tell myself as i sit under that tree and <laughs> contemplate life <laughs> the tree's good man it's good to come back to uh, well i think that's a really good way to wrap it up yeah wrap up the chips sounds good yeah sounds good thank sounds you so much good. for joining yeah, us yeah it was awesome pleasure thanks yeah. for having me so it, was good. Good. it was really fun to yeah. hear your uh, experiences and hear f- family history <laughs> and all that kind of stuff it was really yeah. cool so thank you very much uh guys if you're still listening which i hope you are because it was really good stories um, you can, uh, Amy actually mentioned that Sorrow Revival Church, we like to say we do church a little bit differently. You can find out more about that on the Shock Absorber podcast where we talk about how we do church and why we do church. Um, you can also check out our digital gatherings if you're interested in them. Um, but uh, we always like to finish up with Chip Lunch with uh, as all our podcasts by saying, one way. One way.